hello, hello, once again, all my fellow patriots and you filthy leftist stalkers out there. You are listening to Angela's Soapbox on Raging Opus Radio. My name is Angela Box. Um, y'all, 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 y'all. As I'm taping this, it is Thursday. It is, what is today? Uh, December 8th. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about. The twi- uh, a latest batch of Twitter files just dropped. We have the, the woke pothead, Brittany Griner, that just got uh, released. We swapped her out for a, a literal terrorist. We, we've got lots and lots to cover. The Fauci deposition, lots of stuff. But before we jump into all of the creamy goodness, um, let's do a little housekeeping. Everything can be where everything on uh, Angela's Soapbox is warehoused at AngelaSoapbox.com. I'm on BitChute. I'm on Rumble. I'm still on YouTube or Twitter. So those are still taken away from me. But uh, I am on BitChute and Rumble at The Box That Rocks. Facebook is Angela Box Public. Instagram is at The Box That Rocks. And Truth Social is at Angela Box. That's a lot to remember. I should be applauded for remembering all that crap. And I'm so bad at social media because, frankly, you know, uh, we, we've come to find out that uh, we're not crazy. And, uh, oh, yeah, conservatives will shadow ban at the yin-yang, okay? So the sea turtle killing plastic straw is uh, this week going to the filthy leftists who used to work at Twitter and uh, who were working with the Biden administration and the goons at the FBI and the CIA to censor Americans. Let's discuss it and uh, keep stories from the public. Mm. Okay, so first things first, um, let's talk about the Hunter Biden stuff with Twitter files. And it was so great. Last Friday, everyone was like on Twitter. Like everyone I knew that is involved in this stuff was on Twitter. They're like, I ain't going, I ain't going no place. It is time to see what Elon is getting ready to drop. And what he dropped was extraordinary. Now it's amazing. It it shows you how extraordinary it was because the media refused to talk about it. In fact, New York Times, it took them three days to even talk about it. And all they did was say, oh, it's a distraction. Karine Jean-Pierre, the gay black immigrant woman up there saying, this is a distraction. You know, Republicans acting like they want to do good things for America, but oh, do you? Or do you just want to talk about things that are of the past? You see, isn't that funny? When Democrats get caught, they don't want to talk about anything that they did wrong. But when a Republican did something 20 years ago, it's like, oh, off with his head. So uh, no, KJP, and no, New York Times, we are going to talk about it. Because what Twitter did, it look, 17% of people said, likely voters, I believe, it was it, it's something, it's quite substantial. It would have been enough to switch the election. 70% of voters, including a bunch of Democrats, would be like, if we had been told that this was real, if we had been told... That not only was it real, but this thing is the laptop from hell, which is where Trump has always said it is. They wouldn't have voted for Joe Biden. Now, again, you have to take you have to put this in a bubble of election interference, because we know that the election was rigged in many different ways, in many different uh, tandem lanes, as I call it. All these people working in tandem, they don't know about each other necessarily. They just know about their part of the, the fraud, the of interference. So Twitter's part of the election fraud, the election interference, swaying the election, was to come out and say the Hunter Biden laptop story was, wait for it, Russian disinformation. And if you'll recall, there were, I believe, 51 former uh, and current intelligence officials, excuse me, not former, current intelligence officials that said, oh yeah, this is Russia. Russia did this. And that's what Twitter was going with. They were going with all the goons telling them this is fake. But they knew it was, they knew it wasn't hacked. They knew it wasn't fake. They knew it was real. They knew that the crackhead, Hunter Biden, who's measuring his crack rocks on a scale as a hooker, a, a Russian hooker is in the background being trafficked. They knew that Hunter, this whole thing was real. They knew that Joe Biden was uh, implicated. They knew that the big guy was getting 10% and that the big guy and Hunter Biden and his entire corrupt, disgusting crime family was completely in bed with the Chinese Communist Party, completely in bed with the Ukrainian government. All of it was real. So they did their level best to make sure that never came out. And then today, of course, the next batch of Twitter files dropped. Now, we people are like, why is this taking so long? Why is uh, you know, Elon not bringing more receipts? Well, I'll tell you why. Because he had to fire James Baker. Now, James Baker was the FBI's legal counsel during Spygate, during Crossfire Hurricane, 
during the Russiagate. He got fired. He went over to Twitter. Of course he did. Of course he did. So he was involved when, with creating the Russia, Russia disinformation story to put that out there in the media. He wanted to give, he was part of the people wanting to give Christopher Steele a million dollars if he could only verify anything in the Steele dossier. And when Christopher Steele couldn't, instead of stopping, which is what honest law enforcement officials would do, no, James Baker and the rest of the clowns just went on with it and used the fake Steele dossier to get FISA warrants so they could spy on Trump and his people around him. So this guy, this guy's the legal counsel for Twitter. So James Baker had to be fired, which he was this week. Thank God. I'm sure he'll just get a job at CNN or MSNBC or ABC or CBS or New York Times or Washington Post or LA Times or pick one. Throw a dart, pick one. So James Baker was holding up the release of all of these things. Well, now he's gone. So today, as I'm taping this, we come to find out that the Twitter files uh, included people being shadow banned, people being uh, throttled is what they call it. Now, I are, we, we all knew this, okay? I lost my Twitter over a year ago. I got shadow banned. People were telling me, like, I can't find anything you're saying. It happens to me on Facebook all the time. Like, I'll, I'll have, like, you know, two likes on something. That's, like, a pretty big story. But I'll get a million likes on pictures. It's weird. It's like the the, the things that I post that are, uh, you know, concerning current events or even my podcast or my videos or whatever, uh, crickets. But random pictures, oh, yeah, that'll get, that'll get a million likes. So the same thing on Twitter happened to me. I mean, I was I was shadow banned and then I was suspended forever. And 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 this Vijad Gihadi, whatever her name is, the the evil uh, Indian lady who was part of Twitter's content moderation thing, she lied again and said well, not only that people were not being shadow banned, which was false, but that also people wouldn't have permanent suspensions for you know for no reason. Well, that's a lie too. So I'm still waiting to get my Twitter back, Elon. Could could you help me out? But the 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 rain the, the the reason that shadow banning is important is because people like Charlie Kirk, Turning Point USA, people like Dan Bongino, people like uh, this Stanford doctor that was criticizing the lockdown, saying basically we need to have you know children should not be out of school for this, and healthy people should not be locked down. We've never done this before. The only the the people you quarantine are the sick people. Not the people who are well. And what needs to happen is what we need to all get this virus and we need to reach herd immunity. Like uh, Sweden did. Like Africa did. Like plenty of other parts of the world that did. Certainly in the Western part of the world, Sweden is what you need to look at. Because Sweden never locked down. And Sweden's population achieved herd immunity very quickly, which is what happens with every disease. If it's not the Black Death, which again, this is what they wanted to make it out to be. So when you when you understand that it was so many avenues and so many reasons people were being shadow banned and accounts were being throttled and throttled means that they're not going to amplify it. Charlie Kirks was one of them. They would not amplify Turning Point USA. And he was just on Tucker talking about, you know, people thought I was a paranoid freak saying we were getting 115 retweets a day from our tweets and now basically nothing. So they completely shadow banned everything that Turning Point USA Dan Bongino, and, and millions of us were saying, if you go against the narrative of these uh, pod people, as I call them, these people who live in a bubble, they live in a crazy left-wing bubble, and they don't want to hear from anybody who's not in the club. And as George Carlin once said, there's a big club and you ain't in it. And I and I include all the people in the Uniparty in that club, the, right, the rhino Republicans as well as the lunatic left. All of those people in their little bubbles, and they don't want to hear anything that strays out of their bubble, out of their narrative, out of the uh, approved narrative. And this is the amazing thing, is that there's such a small amount of people, and they have so much power. And we need to find out, did the federal government, did the FBI direct, did they direct Twitter, Facebook, et cetera? 
to shadow ban accounts that were talking about uh, we shouldn't be locked down. Shadow banning accounts that talked about how the masks are ridiculous and they don't work. Shadow banning accounts that uh, that uh, criticized the vaccine, which is why I think that was the last uh, strike I got. Is either that or talking about the stolen election in 2020, which again, controlled narrative, approved narrative. You're not allowed to do that. And we're going to get into how the Uniparty stole yet another election in Georgia this week. And the deep state is very happy about this in like the second or third segment. In our second segment today, actually, I'm having uh, Mason Morgan on. And he's a name you may not know yet, but you will. He is the co-founder of Run Gen Z. And this is an organization that is basically uh, recruiting and training the next generation of leaders, the next generation of conservatives that are going to take back this country. Because not all is lost in this generation. Now, I will admit that this generation is pretty damn brainwashed, especially those kids that have come up through the public school system or even the private school system at this point. I mean, it's all woke. Again, it's all the narrative, the approved message. And it is controlled to the point where anyone that strays out of the lines, anyone that colors out of the lines, like yours truly, you won't be able to be amplified. You will not get uh, a wide audience. People, I, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this because I think I'm awesome, okay? So hear me out here. I have had people for the last seven years that I've been in the public eye say to me, I don't understand how you're not huge. Your content's fantastic. Your show's great. You, you know, stick it to them. You say things that everyone is thinking, but you say it in a certain way that's very entertaining, whatever. I've had people over and over and over say that to me. Why aren't you, you know, this, that? I'm like, uh, they're not going to, they're not going to let me. Are you kidding? I'm not in the uniparty. I'm not in their club and I never will be. Now, I'm perfectly okay with not being in their club, considering their club is full of criminals, pedophiles, and a Satanists, frankly. So I'm cool with that. I, I, I'll never sell my soul to the devil. So it, it, it's just more confirmation, I suppose, this latest batch of Twitter files, more confirmation that these people cannot handle another opinion. They cannot handle a large group of people hearing about another possible way. They have to pretend that the world is Twitter and that everything on Twitter reflects the world. They have to keep it very controlled. That's why communism never works because people are all individuals and everyone has different needs, wants, and desires. And you can't, a one size fits all doesn't work. And we're coming to find out in these social media companies, they tried to make one size fits all. And woe be to you if you step out of off the reservation. They're going to get you. They're going to get you. And that's what Twitter did. And I guarantee you, uh, Facebook's the same, Google's the same, uh, YouTube's the same. Duh. Again, it's a big club and you ain't in it. But you know what? We're going to we're going to knock down the walls of that club and we're going to expose that club come hell or high water. If it takes me being 85 years old doing a podcast, I'm going to do it because these people deserve to be uh, mocked. They deserve to be um, confronted. They could they deserve to be politically destroyed. They deserve to have. You know, the people that ran Twitter and did all this, they deserve to have to go to court and defend what they did. The people that locked us down for two years, they need to be held accountable. Dr. Fauci needs to be held accountable. The people pushing poison onto children and the people who are healthy deserve to be held accountable. And it is up to all of us. It's not just those people who have big followings. It's up to all of us to make sure these people are held accountable. All right, guys, you're listening to Angela Soapbox Radio. I can't even talk. Radio Office Radio. Uh, we've got Mason Morgan coming up with Run Gen Z. We'll be right back.
Can You Do It? The RER 2 Plus 2 Challenge. Howdy, rowdy Texans. It's me, E, the millennial voice of RER. I'm a big fan of RagingElephantsRadio.com. More Texas voters should be listening to RER every day. A better, deeper knowledge of how Texas works will help Texas voters to make Texas more like Texas. The RER 2 Plus 2 Challenge. Listen to RER two hours a day, every day, for two weeks. You'll learn more about Texas politics in two weeks than you've ever known. Mark it on your daily calendar. Set your phone alarm. The RER 2 Plus 2 Challenge. Two hours a day, every day, for two weeks. RagingElephantsRadio.com. The rebellious voice of Texas liberty. on Raging Elements Radio. I'm really excited to have the next face, uh, or the new face of the conservative movement. And fear not, ladies and gentlemen, because not all millennials and not all Gen Zs are brainwashed idiots. Welcome to Mason Morgan, who you will hear of, I predict, in the in the vein of Turning Point USA that we all know Charlie Kirk now. I think we're going to know who Mason Morgan is. Welcome to Angela Soapbox. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me, Angela. It's, it's always great to to talk to another Texan. Yeah, so your 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 organization is called Run Gen Z, and I think it's very interesting because you know, again, people that are Gen Xers like me and baby boomers are like, "Oi, they the millennials," and "Oi, oi, they the the Gen Z people." They've been extra brainwashed. So, what caused you to want to start this organization and just tell everybody what it is? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so I'm actually a, a co-founder of the group. And so our, our founder and president is, is State Representative Joe Mitchell. Uh, so he was uh, elected to the Iowa House uh, at the age of 21. Uh, and so he became the youngest member ever sworn in there. Uh, and, and kind of the story of, of how I got involved and, and brought into the loop on this was back uh, probably about five years ago, this is around 2018, I get a call from Joe at one point in the middle of the day. And at this point, I had graduated from school. Joe is still 20 years old, attending Drake University, where him and I met. And I stepped out into the hallway to, to kind of say, well, hey, Joe, like I'm, I'm working a full-time job. I, I can't just step out to, to chit-chat in the middle of the day anymore. And he says, well, look, this is, this is something serious. Um, I, I really need your support in a meaningful way. And it's like, well, what, what, what could you possibly need my support for? And he says, well, I'm, I'm announcing here soon that I'm going to run for the state house in Iowa. Uh, and I had every excuse for Joe in the book. Don't you need uh, to get your degree first? Don't you need more life experience? And as he should have, he, he didn't take too kindly to, to all of my questions and ended up actually hanging up on me. Uh, and I didn't hear from Joe for about three or four months um, until he called me back uh, essentially to rub it in my face and say, look, I was the candidate that went out and put in the, the hard work necessary to win. Uh, and he pulled off uh, a win in a four-way, very heated primary by a, a slim margin of only 100 votes. Wow. Um, and so that that was kind of my first wake-up call to uh, the power that youth has, uh, not just in activism, but also in elected office. Um, and so several years later, um, this was uh, probably about July of 2020, um, I was working for the state party here with with one of the victory teams. And I got another call from Joe, uh, who had told me that, look, every time he was getting on stage to speak at an event or uh, pretty much any any event other than one that, that Charlie and, and his team at Turning Point put on, he'd look to his right and he'd look to his left and he'd notice that people would have uh, the people that he was sharing the stage with were quite literally three and four times his age as this 21 year old. So he got him thinking, why haven't more people tried this? Why haven't they tried to step up and, and at the very least give it a shot? Um, and so that was kind of the birth of Run Gen Z. He ends up meeting a young gentleman named uh, Elliot actually at uh, Turning Point Student Action Summit back in 2019. 
uh, convinced Elliot to kind of take that plunge and, and take his next step from activist to candidate. Uh, and Elliot went on to uh, unfortunately come up a bit short on the general election in 2020, um, lost by a very slim margin of only about 60 votes after a recount. Um, and we're very happy to report that this last month, Elliot ran for his second time for the same seat, um, was or will be sworn in uh, here in a couple of weeks to the Minnesota House of Representatives and was just elected uh, as one of the assistant leaders of his caucus up there. Wow. That I mean, that's that's amazing. And from what I can gather from the organization, I mean, it's it's building rather rapidly and you seem to have a lot of support from across the party. Have you received support from um, uh, more establishment types or more Trumpian, for lack of a better word, types? Like, where's your support coming from or is it broad based? So I, I would say definitely a, a broad base. And so when we uh, really when Joe filed the organization, we laid out three very basic uh, conservative principles that we want to work with young people that believe in limiting the scope of government, promoting free markets and making it easier for people like you and I to start and grow a business in whatever part of the country that they're in. Um, and so, I mean, we've got members of, of our coalition, which is now 76 people strong. These are young elected officials who are voting conservatively and pushing conservative policies. Um, we've got some of those people that represent uh, incredibly blue parts of the country where you would think a, a Republican could never win. Right. Um, but we've also got your your definite definite red meat MAGA America first Republicans uh, and it's been, uh, in my opinion, very rewarding to to be able to host the events that we do where we bring this coalition in uh, and really live Reagan's rule of, look, 80 percent my friend doesn't mean 20 percent my enemy. Um, and you can see these people who might not agree on on every specific policy uh, on the book, but they do believe in limiting government and allowing people to live their lives the way that they want to live them. Yeah, I just the 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 I guess the the 80 percent, 20 percent rule, I think, is a very good thing to live by. Of course, we're dealing in a climate where we have um, kind of establishment types that really hate the MAGA people. And so I'm wondering in your in your coalition, have there been any people coming at loggerheads or has that not really been an issue? No, I, I think it, it, it's been nice. Everyone uh, conducts themselves in a, a very professional manner. Um, and, and I think does really live that. that look, we agree on on 80 percent and in a lot of cases, probably closer to 90, 95 percent of the issues. Right. Let's talk about those. And in, in, in terms of uh, kind of the divide you see at, at the national level of things, something we tell our candidates all the time is, look, if you're running for the city council, there are issues that you don't necessarily need to be talking about. You can still be a, a, a GOP representative or a GOP uh, precinct chairman uh, and have those conservative beliefs, whether those are, are on the economic or the social side and uh, not have to bring those up on, on a city council race, for instance. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's just funny how the left always, they, the, every, you know, when they're really, you know, down in the, the mud, they put out a smear piece on so-and-so's against abortion. It's like, how is a city council member going to have anything to do with abortion? But I, I totally understand what you're saying. And I wish I, I, I like the pragmatism of it. And I think it's a really good model. So I like your three tenants. And that is that would bring in a pretty big tent of people. So how 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 do you do the outreach? How do you get people to understand like number because I work with a political consultant like I understand like it is knocking doors. It is calling everyone, you know, asking for money. It is so many things that people don't understand. It's not just, I'm just going to run for office. No, it's really hard. So how do you reach out to people and explain that this is going to be a lot of work, but it's going to be worth it? Absolutely. And, and so our mission is is kind of three-pronged. Uh, that mission statement is to empower, recruit, and mentor the next generation of conservative leadership. Um, and, and I think that those three prongs of our mission uh, are the best way for me to kind of answer that question. And, and this first leap that I think a lot of young people and a lot of young conservatives who have, have spent the uh, the time on their college campuses being ridiculed, right? They need right. to see other young conservatives who are stepping up to the plate and that they can see themselves in. 
Um, and so that that empower aspect is definitely the first hurdle we have to get over. But once we've had an opportunity to put our young conservative elected officials in front of these audiences, whether that's through digital outreach or, or attending a, a turning point conference or something like that, we're going to be here. In, uh, we're going to be over in Phoenix here next week. Oh, dear. We've frozen um, up. for the America oh. Festival. Can you can you say that again? You you broke the froze for a second. Are you say you're going to be in Phoenix at the turning point? Yeah, so we'll we'll be out in Phoenix next week for for America Fest to do a lot of our recruitment, and we'll be right. hosting a, a breakout session there uh, to give uh, the young conservative elected officials we have with us that are in our coalition the opportunity to share their story and inspire other young people to say, look, if they did it, why can't I do it? Um, and so once we have empowered them and showed them that they can be successful in a campaign for public office, we take it a step further and conduct research for them uh, to say, OK, look, these are the realities of your district. These are the election results for the last eight to 10 years. Uh, who on this list do you know? Who can you start reaching out to to laying the foundation necessary to have a strong kickoff? And we uh, eventually will help them identify an office that we feel and that they feel is most viable for them. So we're not going to be sending them in to a bloodbath. If it's a district that conservatives are going to lose uh, by 30%, we're going to say, look, let's look at a, a, a more local office or let's try to get on, get you on a, a city board or a city commission so that you can still exercise uh, your ability to, to impact change in a meaningful way. But once we have found that viable office and that kind of game plan for what these young conservatives are going to do, we actually pair them with one of the young elected officials in our organization. Um, and this person is, uh, so the Run Gen Z as, as a whole is built around this peer-to-peer -peer mentorship. And it's something that we haven't been able to find another group doing for any demographic of candidates on either side of the political spectrum. And so we've seen huge successes with it. We had 19 uh, of our trailblazers who are first time candidates uh, cross the finish line successfully last week. And so we're going to have, uh, a, like I said, a total of 19. But these people are going to be sworn into state house of representatives. Uh, we had one young lady. She's an 18 year old, just got elected to the county clerkship in Stevenson County, Illinois. Wow. Um, I, I, I've been saying this a lot the last couple of days. I, I haven't been able to officially confirm it yet, but I don't think I'd be crazy to say there's no way there's another countywide elected official in the country as young as as Miss Winger up there. That's that's just incredible. Um, in the little amount of time we have left, you've got a a a, a convention of sorts going on in Dallas, January fifth and sixth, correct? Yes. Okay, so tell everyone how they can become involved with that. I will be there with bells on and uh, how that people can reach you. Yeah, absolutely. And so you can always find us on social media um, for Twitter and Facebook. It's just at Run Gen Z. Um, for Instagram, it's at run.genz. Um, and my, my direct email address is also simply mason at rungenz.com. For any young people that would like to hear more about the conference, please reach out to me. We'd love to see if, if you'd be a good fit to join us for that two-day campaign boot camp. Um, and then, Angela, I'm excited to, to get to meet you in person on Friday evening, January the 6th. We're going to be having our Preserving the American Dream panel uh, with Governor Branstad, who's the uh, chairman of our advisory board. Uh, he was the longest-serving governor in U.S. history and served uh, as Trump's ambassador to China for all four years of his administration. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, and he's going to be speaking with uh, a business leader named Mr. Harold Ham, who's based up in Oklahoma. And he's going to be sharing his experience about why it's important that we continue to promote these free markets and slash harmful regulations on business owners and, and job creators. Well, I will definitely be there for that and hopefully get to a chance to interview a bunch of your members. Um, one more thing before we went on, you had a little, you had a little friend that crossed into frame and I want people to be able to see that it was so cute and your story was neat. And I want to, I want you to tell them the name of your cat. <laughs> yes. So my, my, I have a, an orange cat here. His name is uh, Richard Nixon. You might, might be able to hear the bells on him. He's, he's, uh, 
ready for me to get off Zoom. But he's a, he's a phenomenal cat. Like I told you earlier, I'm still consider myself a dog person, but I have somehow found myself with a cat for the last couple of years. So listen, cats are very chill. If I was to have an animal, it would definitely be a cat. If I wasn't definitely allergic, and I didn't want anything living in my apartment besides me. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's parent, it's pre-parenthood, basically. So good for you. All right, everybody. You have been listening to Angela's Soapbox Radio. Thank you so much, Mason Morgan. You're going to be hearing a lot from this guy, I predict. And RunGenZ.com. If you're interested, we'll do it. What's up, Saints and Patriots? I'm Apostle Claver, a proud Texas nationalist, and I'm here to tell you about Texit. For 25 years, Daniel Miller has been working to see the rebirth of the Republic of Texas. His work has been hard, but his passion is deep. For many Texans, there is a deep yearning, a burning to see the prophecy of Sam Houston come true. But the desire of their hearts comes with many questions. Texit has the answer. It's the new book from Daniel Miller and Defiance Press. Texit, why and how Texas will leave the Union. Texit charts the path to Texas independence. This riveting book of facts and philosophy will soothe your anxiety about the coming change and build your confidence that Texans can get it done. You'll want to buy several copies for your family and friends. Like I've said about this governmental mess, the only way out is out. And the best part of Texit, I'm in it. Texit, why and how Texas will leave the Union. It's selling like hotcakes. Buy it on RagingElephantsRadio.com. Soapbox on Raging Elephants Radio. Let's talk a little bit about the excrement show that happened this week in Georgia, shall we? Um, so there was a runoff election between a true American patriot, a true American dream story, someone who came from extreme poverty and through football was able to get an education and make something of himself and then opened a small business and helped hundreds of people, Herschel Walker, and a literal communist uh, wife beater. Um, who uh, loves abortion up to and including birth, you know, as, as most reverends do, as most people of the cloth do, just love them some abortion, Raphael Warnock. Now, no one thought, considering um, what we've been uh, a party to for the last two years, that this election was going to be fair, and certainly what we saw in the midterms, that this election was going to be fair. No, no, no. Now, keep it. you have to keep in mind something about Georgia. In 2020... The uh, dirtbag Brian Kemp and the dirtbag Brad Raffensperger, the governor and the secretary of state of Georgia, made a deal with the devil with Stacey Abrams. Excuse me, the devil was named Stacey Abrams with this consent decree, which basically said, oh, you know, we don't need signature matching on these ballots. It's fine. And they ran around and they, they pretended like that wasn't what it is. That's exactly what it was. And basically, I think the agree agreement was, we're you're going to look the other way because I know you because they hate. See, this is the deal. This is what you have to understand. They hated Trump. Kemp hates Trump. Okay, Ravensburger hates Trump. The lieutenant governor of Georgia hates Trump. So what are they going to do? They're going to do anything in their power to stop Trump. They don't care if it's Joe Biden. They don't care who it is. They don't care that this guy's illegitimate, that he's literally destroying this country on purpose. They don't care because they got to keep their seats. You see how that works? Now, I don't have any, quote, proof of this, but uh, considering what happened in Georgia, how it was one of the five states that was shut down mysteriously at 1030 at night. And remember that the excuse they gave in 2020 was that, oh, there was a leak at the State Farm Arena, a water leak. Uh, no, it was a running toilet. So that was a lie. And then never forget at 2.30 in the morning, Ruby Freeman and her daughter and the elections official, after everyone left, of course, 
pulled out uh, suitcases full of ballots in the State Farm Arena and started putting them through the machines. So that's Georgia for you. And Georgia, you know, Brian Kemp refused to have a forensic audit. They They never want forensic audits, do they? No, they do not. Because forensic audits show that how they cheat. And it shows that the Republican probably won by a lot more. Now, you have to carry this over to 2022. They hate Trump. They're not going to let a MAGA Republican win. None of these MAGA Republicans won except for J.D. Vance, which I find extraordinary. And I said this on Isaiah Fact, Isaiah, Isaiah Carey show this week, Isaiah Factor Uncensored. It, I put it up. Um, it's on Bitchu Rumble and AngelaSoapbox.com. And you can also, I mean, I'm on at least a couple times a week. You can check it out on um, uh, Fox 26 YouTube channel and Isaiah. Uh, and it's also on Fox Soul on YouTube. But anyway, I said this to, I, to Isaiah. I said the the country, 50%, excuse me, 80% of the country thinks we're on the wrong track. But magically, all these Democrats keep getting elected. You know, no, something in the milk ain't clean here, people. Something in the milk ain't clean. And when the lieutenant governor of Georgia, who again hates Trump, said, Oh, I can't, I, I just can't bring myself to vote for Herschel. That this guy, they they completely smeared this man, claimed he was driving, you know, I guess 25, 30 women to get abortions, which he vehemently denied, by the way. This was a complete smear job on Herschel Walker. But so we're supposed to believe we're supposed to believe that the Republicans that, you know, are embracing di- actual diversity, diversity of thought, diversity of skin color. The Republicans have such a big tent now and so many different people in the party that are coming to our side because of this nonsense that the Democrats are doing. Again, 80 percent of the country thinks we're on the wrong track, thinks it's out of control. And you're telling me that they went and voted for more of that. Like, I don't buy it, guys. I don't believe it. And you have to also remember that in Georgia, on the night of the election, on the midterms, every Republican in the state won their races by an average of 10 points. Okay? But you're telling me that Raphael Warnock, who is a literal socialist and who loves Jeremiah Wright and believes in abortion up to and including birth, as, again, all good pastors do, that this guy is, uh, you know, isn't getting his ass handed to him and had to go to a runoff and then magically won again. Y'all, the fix was in. And so none of us are surprised by this. None of us. I do not know what it's going to take for this country to become like the Brazilian people and be out on the streets protesting in Moss. And I mentioned this before, unfortunately, we have we don't have a centralized thing. You know, they've got one capital in Brazil. We have 50. So it's very difficult to um, coalesce 330 million people or whatever it is now. Brazil is a much smaller country. and But I'm telling you, they're showing people how it's done because the military is getting ready to step in and find out what the, what the hell really happened. And it's funny because, you know, Democrats, you know, the, the, the architects of these things, the architects of the Russia hoax, the architects of the crossfire hurricane, et cetera. I mean, they're all the, uh, the Biden administration, excuse me, the, the second, the, the second, uh, excuse me, the third term of Barack Obama, the first black president, they're, they're all still around. Susan Rice, you know, uh, whoever else is, uh, John Podesta, that pervert. And Jake Sullivan, he's the, uh, national security advisor. He was on the Hillary Clinton campaign. Jake, Jake Sullivan invited, uh, the Lula guy, the Brazilian, uh, the, 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 the criminal. That they literally bounced out of jail. They broke free. They prison broke this guy, the, the CIA or whoever set this up, so that he could run against Bolsonaro, the, the Brazilian Trump. They literally sprung this guy from jail and wiped his record so he could run for president again. Do, do you understand what we're up against here? The CIA or or the intelligence community or whatever, they're like, we do this stuff all the time. In other countries, we know how to do it. Now we need to take that 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 knowledge that we had that we did in other countries and and turn it inward to get rid of Trump, which is why the Rona happened, which is why we had mail in ballots, which is why we had all the fraud. 
because they had to get rid of Trump, which is why the polling station shut down, the, the swing state shut down at 1030 at night. Oh, I guess everyone's too tired. So even though, you know, France can get their votes counted in five hours and Florida can get theirs counted in two hours. We, we just can't. We just can't. We're going to shut it down. I mean, guys, imagine, imagine living for the last, living through all of this for the past three years and not being even the slightest bit suspicious of anything that's going on. Again, this is why Twitter is so important. This is why removing the veil from Twitter removing the veil of all the nefarious things that they that they did to control the narrative and to control the message that's why this is so important because if they don't have that bullhorn they lose a lot of their power now the media as it, you know by, by far and large it, it proves that this is all true because again they weren't reporting it they're not reporting it they just think well if we don't report it, it didn't happen um, my sister, her in-laws, who will never listen to the show, so it doesn't matter. Her in-laws are so hopelessly brainwashed. She says that all they watch is CNN. All they watch is CNN and MSNBC. They have no idea of anything we're talking about. Because again, it's not reported on there. So it's the, the old adage, if a tree falls in the forest, there's no one to hear it. Did it really fall? So that's what the media, that's their modus operandi now. That's how they're conducting business. Let's just not let's just not uh, report on things, so it doesn't really happen. But now that Twitter is being uh, exposed for the massive racket that it was, the RICO racket, working with the federal government and the FBI and the CIA, I would not, y'all. I would not be surprised at the end of the day that we find out that Twitter and Facebook were actually uh, CIA. Uh, vehicles. I would not be surprised because this is a this is an ingenious way for people to communicate and for the deep state to get their message out. And if you've spent any time on Twitter, you know what bots look like. And bots and uh, people that have have blue check marks, they're giving a set of instructions, a set of talking points, and they literally say the exact same thing. The tweets are exactly the same, and. I, I rewatched Out of Shadows. I mentioned this last week. You should absolutely watch it. I might watch it again because it's it's so important to understand that the intelligence operators operations, not just in this country but around the world, um, they have an agenda, and it is not a good agenda. And it's why people like Harry Truman and JFK and other presidents were very worried about the CIA, saying this this seems uh, counterintuitive to our ideas of transparency and liberty and, and equal justice under the law. Seems seems a little backwards, shall we say. But Out of Shadows, which is so, 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 so good, the CIA has been running operations like this, running brainwashing operations, running all kinds of operations since, the, since the, their inception. And one of the things this guy said, his name is uh, Mike Smith, I believe, who's the the host or whatever, the narrator. He's a stuntman and he just got, he got red-pilled and then he started, you know, going, going down rabbit holes and found out a lot of stuff that they don't want you to know. And one of the things he found out is, you know, he's thinking about his time in Hollywood and um, some of the weird symbol symbols he would see, symbolism at people's homes. And he just started, you know, thinking that was really weird and he started adding two and two together and realize that these people are all controlled and they're all in this cult, if you will. And if you want fame and you want money and you want to be in the club, that there are things you have to do for it. And it's not good. And the reason they're all still in the club is because they all share each other's secrets. It's like the cult Nexium. They give you, they called it a... Uh, I, collateral that's what they call it so you have to give them you have to tell them all your worst secrets and Scientology does this too and I think that's what I think that's what these people have done they force you to get there's my timer to give up all your dirt they tape you or worse I think I think this is more likely they make you do something absolutely horrific and they videotape it now I'm not going to go out on a limb and say what those things are but there's there's things that are blackmailable let's put it that way there's things, th th these are things that you never would want out ever in a million years. 
because you would be arrested, if not worse. So his point is, is that this club that they've cultivated and they choose people for is a very closed club. And they do not want people talking about fight club. What happens at fight club stays at fight club, essentially. The first rule of fight club is don't talk about fight club. The first rule of the deep state is don't talk about the deep state. The first rule of uh, the pedophile ring is don't talk about the pedophile ring. But you've got to you've got to signal that you're one of us. So that's where all these weird symbols come from. Y'all, it's a rabbit hole. I, I, it, it, you gotta, you gotta open your eyes. If you're not following what I'm saying, go to Rumble, look up Out of Shadows documentary. And I had to scroll down a little bit, but it's a movie. It's about an hour and 30, 20 minutes long. Watch it. Trust me. Trust me. This, this Twitter thing is a bigger deal than people are understanding. It's, it's blowing the lid off how they did business. And it's blowing the lid how the government was working with Facebook to censor Americans and to keep information from Americans and to, and the world and to keep a certain narrative going around the world. I mean, have you ever wondered why it's all the same people who always say the same things? All the woke people always say the same things. They all have their Ukraine flags. They all got jabbed. They all wear their masks dutifully and make sure they get photographed in their masks. They all support Joe Biden. They all hate Trump. They, they, they all do exactly the same thing. And when you, when you realize that the media is also being told to say the exactly, exactly the same thing, that's when your mind gets blown. So it's not by accident that these little tweets come up and, you know, they're retweeted or they're, they're put out by, you know, a thousand different accounts or 10,000 different accounts. Maybe a third of those are real, but the, 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 the two thirds. That are, are, are real or that, that are not real are putting out the bot stuff, but the third that are real are getting told what to say. That's what people have to understand. And the humans are behind the real accounts are being instructed on what to say and how to think because that's that's how you keep your admission and your status in the club. And that's what people gotta understand. It's y'all, it's gonna come out. It's all gonna come out. We know that God wins. It's just a matter of time. All right, guys, we've got one more segment. It's the ring. I'm getting the Brittany Griner stuff. Oh, just wait. You'll see Angela so about something. I'll be right back. Automobile aficionado, Apostle Claver here. Let me introduce you to my mechanic, an ASC certified mechanic, Andre at America's Repair in Houston. Now you guys know I'm a former fully sponsored race car driver and I own a high performance auto. You bet I'm particular about who even touches my car. I go to America's Repair to get all my auto work done and you should too. Andre has served Spring Branch and all of Houston for over 20 years. America's Repair will match or beat any competitor's price. All repairs come with a one year 12,000 mile warranty. America's Repair is a complete car care and repair center. State inspection, muffler and exhaust work, wheel alignment, brake work, tune-ups, engine transmission work, auto body and paint, great deals on oil change and AC checkup. America's Repair accepts all extended warranties. 2005 North Gessner, one mile north of Memorial City Mall in the Katy. Wednesday is Senior Citizen Discounts. Thursday, Active Military Discount. Call 713-467-2001. 713-467-2001. AmericasRepair.com. Or click the ad on RagingElephantsRadio.com. I am so pissed off about this Brittany Griner thing. I can't even tell you. Like, where where do I begin? So, um, as I'm taping this tonight, um, it, again, it's, I mentioned it's Thursday. Tonight at 10 o'clock, I'm going to be filming this segment um, with Jolanda Jones. And she and I have gotten into some pretty knockdown dragouts before. And we're going to be talking about this on... Um, on Isaiah Factor, Isaiah Carey Show, Isaiah Factor Uncensored. But let me give you a preview of what I'm going to be talking about because this is this is just this is just outrageous. This whole thing is outrageous. They are literally exchanging a 
woke pothead for a terrorist by the that goes by the uh, cute little nickname, the Merchant of Death. Now, it, as as horrible as that is, as bad as that is, and and it, it is shades of Bo Bergdahl. And remember, Bo Bergdahl, that leftist POS deserting Taliban loving psycho that left his platoon to join up with the Taliban and then gets uh, kidnapped because the Taliban isn't stupid, unlike Bo Bergdahl, and realizes that he'd be he'd be a good uh, prize. He'd be a great hostage. Maybe we can get some of our fighters back, some of our jihadists back. And that's exactly what they did. That freaking Obama brings his hippie parents out to the Rose Garden to celebrate, to pat himself on the back, we're releasing five Taliban terrorists back to the Taliban in exchange for this wuss, milked, limp-wristed leftist, Bo Bergdahl. And now, and now, this garbage administration is doing the same thing. Except this time, it's even worse, you guys, because they left a Marine there. So they take this woke garbage basketball player who is so arrogant, this Brittany Griner, either arrogant or stupid or both, probably both. Let's keep it 100. She is a pothead after all. And I've known some potheads, man. Potheads, potheads, are, I'm not talking about getting high every once in a while, okay? I'm talking about people like Brittany Griner who are too stupid to Google the laws in Russia, let's say. I don't know. Look up drug laws in Russia. See see what pops up for you there, Brittany. And that she is so stupid and arrogant to take weed on an airplane on an international flight. But because she's a valued member of the LGBTQ and black community, she thinks she she thinks because again, she thinks she's in the club. And she is in the club in America where nothing will touch her. She can do and say whatever the hell she wants to do. Because, again, she's a valued member of the alphabet people, of the alphabet mafia, and of the black community. So she, she, she's, she's in two protected groups. Oh, oh, you think you will, you're just gay? Oh, I'm gay and black. Ha ha. I'll see you're gay and I'll raise you a gay and black. That's how these people think. They're sick. They're sick. It's all about intersectionality. They're they're crazy people, okay? So she thinks that because in this country she's a vaunted member of the of two protected groups, that she'll she'll be just fine over in Russia, where they have very strict uh, drug laws. And again, it's the kind of thing where again you're stupid, and the Russians are going to be like, oh, let's take her. Are you kidding? We we could use this sometime. And they sure as hell did, didn't they? They got a terrorist released because this clown administration would rather take Brittany Griner than a literal Marine who was convicted of spying in 2020 in Russia, who's been sentenced to years and years in prison. They'd rather, they'd rather take this piece of crap than a Marine. That's, that's who they want to do the prisoner swap for. Now, let, let me let me let me just tell you this proves this little swap right here this garbage person Brittany Griner she not, she hates this country she's she is as woke as the other dumb wokesters in the NBA with their Black Lives Matter BM and no never forget BM was out there you know supporting her calling for her release oh BM was really upset. BM with the corn in the BM. They were really upset. They were so upset. They were, it's racism. Don't you know? No, it's you're a dummy, Brittany Griner. You're stupid. And you're that much of a pothead that I guess you needed your fix. And correct me if I'm wrong. I guess not. I guess athletes are not tested for weed anymore. <laughs> Call me crazy. Maybe they're not tested for anything. Because again, they're, they're, they're valued members of a protected class. Now, I'm sure that the white players get tested, but not the black ones. No, 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 no. Because that'd be racist to the black players for pot. Because pot's part of the black culture, don't you know? Oh, don't even get me started. They, The Democrats, they, they, they literally hate this country. They literally hate this country. Yet, yet, they told us all during, all during uh, Trump's uh, presidency, all during Bush's, and screw Bush, by the way, but just let's keep, roll with me here. 
all during any Republican, anytime we went to war or whatever, how dare you try to impose your values on somebody else? And it's the same argument they give against assimilation, by the way, for new immigrants. How dare you try and impose your values on someone else? Well, uh, woke, woke tards, I guess that doesn't apply to you, right? When you go over to a literal Islamist country like Qatar and talk about a transgendering and all oh, that crap for the World Cup, that, do that doesn't count. Or you go over to, you, you lecture Russia that their drug laws are too harsh. You know, it's it's okay when you do it. It's okay when you do your, when you push your sick values. But if we want to promote democracy, women's rights, equality, equal justice under the law, a blind justice system, uh, other Western civilization values, Judeo-Christian values, no, 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 no. You are not allowed to talk about that. Now, it goes without saying that none of this would be happening if Trump was still in office. Literally nothing that we are dealing with would be happening. And that is that is uh, something I'm going to bring up on the show tonight. Because it's, they would have given it, you know what they would have done? They would have given us Brittany Griner a fruit basket. That's what they would have done. They wouldn't have gotten, they wouldn't have gotten nothing in return. Nothing. Nothing. But we're supposed to, we're supposed to, you know, put, you know, the, the idiot mayor of Houston, this jackhole named Sylvester Turner, evidently this Briner chick who looks like she chopped off her boobs, by the way. And some of these pictures I'm seeing, it's like, that's a man, baby. I don't know if she's transitioning or what. Probably not. Probably not because then she couldn't play on the women's team because she, she sure as hell couldn't compete against the men, as we know. She might be, she might be, she might have chopped off her boobies. I don't know what she did. But again, she's a valued member of the LGBT community, whatever. I don't remember where I was going with that. My brain is, I'm telling you, you should live in this brain. It's like a pinball machine. Um, I was looking at how much time I had left. And I wish I could just remind my head because I know it was probably a brilliant point. Brittany Griner, chopping her boobs off. That's a man, baby. I can't, I can't. It's gone. Boop. It's in the ether. It's gone. See, this is why I take copious notes throughout the week and I put them in my notes section and then I just go. All right. So here's something. <laughs> here's, here's another valued member of the LGBTQ community, the alphabet mafia. By the way, this Sam Britton guy, the, uh, the, the, the scary clown of your nightmares, the, the guy that's in charge of or was in charge of disposing nuclear waste um he he's he's facing federal charges for this theft of this suitcase and the clothing inside i mean these the i mean these people man they're they sit there and they're like this is normal this is totally normal and there's this there's this meme going around with dr rachel levine and sam Britton in a dress and his scary lipstick and his shaved eyebrows and his shaved head he looks like you know it from from uh from penny he looks like pennywise the clown from it so there's this meme going around it's a picture of these two at some remember when they showed up at the uh the french ambassador's dinner or something like that and and the, the meme says russia russia could nuke us and i wouldn't even be that mad like i go ahead like maybe we can just start over like just can we just anyway so here's a dr rachel levine some uh some things sh he's saying this week the main keep in mind the 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 assistant youth and health and human services secretary uh, a man with gender dysphoria with severe mental illness who has long hair wears a dress and has rotten teeth talking to us about how to be healthy Okay, kind of like the Belgian health ambassador who was like 600 pounds and died of the jab, it looks like. Kind of like that freak. Anyway, um, okay, um, Rachel Levine. Rachel Levine is a biological male. I, that's why I say his name like that. So he's now saying that doctors need to be activists for medical transgender care in minors. And this is what he said. I believe in our role as truth tellers and that truth that we need to confront now is that medicine and science are being politically perverted. So basically, doctors, if you don't push gender and puberty blockers on children after the first visit, 
then we're going to sue you. We're going to sue you. So here we go. It continues. These conversations do not have to be limited or restricted to a medical setting, said Levine. Offer yourselves as informational resources, not just for youth, but for school teachers, principals, school boards, professional organizations, recreation centers, county commissioners, and others who would benefit from this information in your perspective. They are after our children. And it continues. Pushing back this veil of ignorance requires this extra effort. We have reached a tipping point for the role in medicine and civic life. Oh, have we ever with the last three years we've lived through? Have we? Oh, yeah. Medicine and politics. Oh, they are intertwined now. I'll continue. For the health and well-being of LGBTQI plus youth and other Americans, those who attack our community are driven by an agenda of politics. They are rejecting the value of well-established science and basic human compassion. So this a-hole in a dress with rotten teeth and bolt-on titties is uh, uh, promoting the, the genital mutilation of children. That is what these people are doing. So when they say they want you to talk to your teachers and your principals and blah, 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 blah. no, that what they're saying is you will do this or we're going to come for you. You will succumb to what we want to do to these kids because it makes us a lot of money and it really screws them up and it makes them sterile. So it helps our depopulation agenda. Do you see, do you see how that works, ladies and gentlemen? I think you do. This, uh, these people are, they, every day I'm like, it, could it get any more sick? Could it get any worse? And every day they surprise me. They surprise me. Now, one more thing. As we all know, Democrats uh, get rich very in very strange ways once they uh, attain power. For example, uh, Nancy Pelosi's worth uh, she's a hundred millionaire. Uh, plenty of pretty much every member of Congress, save a few of the honest ones, are millionaires, and they weren't when they came into Congress. Maxine Waters lives in a four million dollar Hancock Park home, but she represents South Central Los Angeles. Uh, riddle me that, Batman. So Senator Hawley is proposing a bill that would ban stock trading by members of Congress. But Nancy Pelosi responded to this by saying, this is a free market. No, Nancy, when you get insider trading deals like you do, and then you suddenly, you 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 know about a deal that's going to happen, and then you do some, some legislation that benefits that deal, and then you get even richer. No, 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 can't do that. Now, we know this won't go anywhere because we do not have the Senate. And even if we did, Joe Biden would just veto it. But it's 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 important that these bills get written. It's important these bills get exposed and it get talked about because maybe maybe one day these bills will be law. So I would you know keep writing them, <laughs> keep putting the keep putting them out there, keep going on Tucker and say why doesn't Congress want us to ban insider trading for them? It's, it's, it's bad for everybody else, just not for members of Congress, I guess. I mean, this is this is sick. This is a sick, sick country, and it's getting sicker. And it's not the people that are sick. It's our it's our it's our so-called leaders, it's the uniparty, it's our dominant woke media-driven culture, it's Twitter, it's Facebook, it's every newspaper, it's it's all again, they all have one agenda. They all belong in one club and you ain't in it but you know what you're in my club and we're in a club together we're in the truth-telling club we're in the dgaf club we're in the napalming leftists club we're in the exposing filthy leftist club and that my friends is a great club to be in because it is so fun being right about everything i have to tell you my sister and i are like we love being right like it's our favorite thing we love to win we love to win at any, like anything. When we were little, we'd have little stupid contests. Like we love to win. And there's nothing I like winning more than hearts and minds and people coming to their senses eventually and saying, wow, I guess you guys were right all along. Yeah, guess we were. Oh, well, guess you're the dummy, aren't you? 
All right, you've been listening to Angela's Soapbox on Radio Radio. Please follow me on Truth at Angela Box, Instagram at The Box That Rocks, Facebook, Angela Box Public. Please subscribe to my bit shoot and rumble at The Box That Rocks. This will be turned into podcast form on Apple, Spotify, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Please follow, uh, share, and spread the word of Angela's Soapbox because they do shadow ban the hell out of me. And until next time, everyone, keep kicking ass and taking names.